Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Well, Crossroads, good to be with you today. Uh, We are on week four of this series, Brave. And we've been talking about getting outside of our comfort zones, which is not at all comfortable. Uh, we're asking the question, what does it look like uh, for you, for I, to risk faith as we follow God? And as we've had some good one-on-one conversations, I get that there's a tension automatically built in there. Because some of you, the question is, well, what direction, duck? Oh, how, where do I go? Where do I start? I want to be brave, but I'm not really sure what is next, what God's calling me to. Uh, Others of you, you're like, Doug, I believe, I believe this is the direction that God is leading me, something that God has put upon me, uh, but I don't really know all the details yet. Uh, What's it going to look like six months, two years, whatever. And just crossroads, just to like own it, like for a whole, like for all of us, uh, like that's our biggest thing. Uh, that's the thing that keeps us from being brave is that we want all the steps. We want all the details. Uh, we don't want the next step or the next day. We want the six months, six year, you know, whatever plan. That is what holds so many of us back. Uh, another question that some of you were asking was, well, how do I really know that that's from God? Uh, I feel like this is a direction, uh, but you know, come on, as I like to say, maybe it was the late night pizza. Uh, maybe it was something that I really want that God's not really saying, how do I know it's God? And I get it because direction is important. Uh, If you're going to be brave, you want to be brave in the right direction. You want to be brave in following God. Uh, We'd love to have destinations in mind. We'd love to know where everything's going to land. Now, for a number of you, you can remember going somewhere. You were on a road trip, And you can remember doing that before there were GPSs, before there were smartphones. Man, you can remember that even before you had printed MapQuest directions. Others of you are like, what are printed MapQuest directions, right? How many of you can remember traveling before all of those technology type things? There's a number of you. And you're trying to get somewhere, but you get lost or whatever. Where's like usually like one of the number one places that you would go when you were getting lost and you needed direction? Where would you go to? Gas station. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like a foreign world? Uh, You would go to a gas station and it was like they knew that was part of their job. They weren't surprised that you were going to stop in and say, hey, I'm trying to get to here. Can you tell me where to go? I mean, if you want to know how much things have changed, try that today. I mean, just stop in a sheet, stop in a turkey hill, and, you know, explain you're trying to get somewhere, you're lost. They're going to look at you like, this is not part of my job. You want to buy a soda. I'm here for you, right? But this whole direction thing, no, no. We understand, man, and we want that clear destination. We want that landing point. How many of you um, have been ever up in a hot air balloon? A few have been up in hot air balloons before. Yeah, and you get there, you know, you don't have a clear destination. As a matter of fact, um, if you called up, you know, weeks in advance, and you're like, hey, I know where we're taking off from. I just want to know where we're going to land. 
what would they do? They would like laugh at you, right? They can't tell you where you're going to land. Even the day of, the morning of, you show up, you climb in that basket. You can say, hey, where are we going? They can say, well, the wind's blowing this way, but we don't know exactly where we're going to land. Even in those final moments, I remember the one time we were heading down and they're like, I think we're going to land. They're like, well, we think we're going to land in that cul-de-sac. And we're going down, down, down. And it feels like, you know, we're going to have to drop a lot to make it to the cul-de-sac. And uh, sure enough, all of a sudden, he's like pulling on the burner. We're going back up again because where we thought we were going to land isn't actually where we ended up landing 10 minutes later. And so often following God and his promptings and his direction is more like that hot air balloon. It's where the spirit, where the wind is blowing day by day. And there might be direction, but boy, you don't have all the details. You don't have an exact destination. And that's why it requires stepping out, taking that step in trembling confidence. But here's what you and I know. You're never going to figure out where you're going to land if you don't take those first initial steps. If you don't release the ropes and the weights of the hot air balloon, if you don't pull on that burner and start to head up, you're never going to know where you might land, where you might go, if you never take those first steps steps. It's graduation time, high school graduation, college graduation, but you know, graduation time is always a new direction. You just recently graduated from high school. It's a new direction. You don't have a choice in the matter, right? If come, you know, uh, late August, September, you show back up at your school, uh, you walk back into your homeroom, it's just going to be like awkward, right? Because you don't belong there anymore. You need a new direction. And that new direction might be starting a career. That new direction might be going off to college. But no matter what that new direction, there's some commonalities. Not everything will stay consistent, right? You might start a career and then change careers along the way. You won't actually know where you're going to land for a long time, if not, till towards the end of your career time. You might start with a major, but you might change your major. You might graduate with a major, but you might not ever really work in that major. Things change. Here's another thing you know about that new direction when you're graduating high school. You know that you need to apply, right? You need to apply to a job. You need to apply to college. If you never take those first steps, if you never apply, you're never going to get anywhere. You have to take those first steps. And man, for some graduates, it's like all excitement. And for others, man, it is like, like taking those steps in trembling confidence, leaving the known for the un. No. And here's what I know for so many of us. We really do desire direction from God. We realize that we can just go our own way, day by day, month by month, decade by decade. Man, we can live life according to our own direction, our own purposes, our own plans. But for so many of us, we understand that's not really what the life of faith is all about, and we really want direction from God. We want to be used by him. We want to have a life of purpose, a life of fulfillment, even a life of adventure that requires more than a little bit of bravery. We can learn so much as we work our way through scripture of following God's direction. There's so many examples, just example after example. Noah had very clear direction to build an ark, but boy, he didn't have any of the other details, did he? What about Moses leading people out of captivity? What about Esther? 
saving her people from annihilation. There's some initial first steps in trembling confidence, but those details, the landing point, not clear at all how all of those things are going to come together. The original disciples, Jesus' call was to follow me, and again and again, Jesus extended the call to follow me, and for you and I, we're still doing that 2,000 years later, following the call from Jesus to follow me. And we get the direction is important. And we want to know what that looks like. And we get that tension that if we're going to be brave and we're going to step out in faith, we want to step out in the right direction. Today I want us to ca- uh, camp out in the book of Acts chapter 20. Some great things we can learn there about receiving direction from God and following direction from God. In Acts chapter 20, we're, we're moving past the old covenant. We're out of the Old Testament, you know, where God would appear in different forms or, and just give clear direction. We're past the time of the gospels where Jesus is walking with the disciples and giving direction along the way. We're past Jesus' ascension. We're past Pentecost, and now it's all about the Holy Spirit and and what he's calling and asking us to do the direction he's giving us. And in Acts chapter 20, Paul has called a meeting with the elders of Ephesus because it's been an incredibly fruitful time of ministry in Asia, and it's not always been easy. There's been difficulties, but man, it has been a lot of good stuff. Paul has grown to love the people, but things are about to change. There's a new direction that's coming in his life. And so we're going to join in this emotional farewell in Acts chapter 20. We're going to look at part of his farewell speech in verse 18. You know, from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work. Humbly and with many tears, I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. But I never shrank. I never shrank back from telling you what you need to hear, either publicly or in your homes. And I have had one message. I've had this one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. And basically there, that's like a super short summary of Paul's ministry and his time in Asia. It's all about how he followed God's direction in Asia and all the things that happened along the way. And there's a lot of things that we can learn about following God's direction as well. Because here's some things that we realize. If you're going to follow God's direction, much like Paul followed God's direction, you're going to be doing God's work. You're going to be enduring trials. And man, the temptation is always going to be what? To just shrink back. To just stop following. And man, if you're going to go the long haul in following God's direction, you need to be able to stay on course. But Paul says things are about to change. Something's up. He's not going to be staying with them. But why? Why such a great time of ministry, loving the people, seeing God do amazing things? Why on earth would Paul be stepping away? Verse 22. 
Here's what he says. Paul says, and now I am bound by the spirit to go to Jerusalem. I'm bound by the spirit to go to Jerusalem. Paul's like, I I don't really want to do this. This isn't something that's about me. I really love where I'm at. But Paul, God's clear. It's time. The Holy Spirit is clear. It is time. And my choice is only to be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to be obedient to where the Spirit is leading me. And there we get the starting part of that divine directional process. In the Greek, it is the words deo, ho, numa, and you might be familiar with a few of those Greek words. Deo is like that compelled. It is like bound. It is like Paul was saying he is all wrapped up in this new thing that the Spirit is calling him to do. It is that idea. And then numa, maybe you think wind or you think the words breath or air, but it's also spirit it's current, it's breeze. And Paul's like, I am, I'm bound up. I'm wrapped up in this new thing that the Spirit's leading me to do. It's the direction, it is the way that the wind is moving. And if I'm gonna follow God, if I'm gonna be obedient to God, if I'm gonna listen to the Holy Spirit, I don't have a choice but to obey and go in that direction. So here's what we know about God's directional process is that you're compelled by the Spirit. In other words, if you're seeking that divine direction, if it's really about following God and the prompting that he's placing on your life, man, it is you are compelled by the Spirit. In other words, you can't say this is all about you. This is something that maybe you might not even necessarily really want, or maybe something you really want, but it's not all about God, right? Uh, Earlier this week, there was Ben and Jerry's ice cream in my freezer. And I can honestly say that I felt compelled to eat that ice cream on a regular basis. It didn't last that long. But I can't say God compelled me to eat that ice cream. Let's say, man, I I say something, man, and it's done in the wrong way, wrong tone, wrong words. And I can say, you know what, I was just exhausted. I was frustrated. I was so incredibly wrong. I can say all those kind of things. But I cannot say that I was compelled by God to say those things in that way because it doesn't line up at all with the character of our Heavenly Father. If someone would come to me and say, you know what, Doug, God's being very clear. He is calling me to leave my family, to just walk away from my spouse, to walk away from my kids. I'm going to say, let's have a conversation, but I'm going to be clear up front. I've got to tell you, that's not God talking. That's not who is saying those kind of things because it doesn't line up with who God is and the things that he asks us to do. But Paul's saying, man, I'm bound, bound by the Spirit. There's a new wind. There's a new direction. I'm being drawn. I'm being pulled. It's not about what I think is best or what I think is right. It's all about God. And when you have those kind of moments in your life, those deo ho numa moments in your life, it's time to pay attention. It's time to step out in trembling confidence. It's time to be obedient, to not ignore it, to not write it off, to not rationalize it or explain it away. 
Because those nudges, those promptings, sometimes we call them those shoves of the Holy Spirit. Man, when they come from God, you just want to be obedient. Did you ever have that, those things where you're like, I'm not really sure if it's God, but I, mean, I dreamt about this person, or this person continues to be brought to your mind? Just be obedient. Reach out to that person. Call, phone call, text, letter, whatever, email. Just checking in on you. God's brought you to my mind, and I want to just see how things are going. Maybe there's been a time, and it's been a rough week. You're tired, you're exhausted. All you want to do is be at home and be quiet. But there's that prompting that you should reach out, invite somebody to join you out for dinner or over for dinner. Then those conversations that ensue and come up, man, it's so clear that this was God prompting you to initiate whenever you were just wanting to be alone. Maybe God's been calling you to serve in some area. Maybe it's serving in the community, serving in the church. And honestly, you just want to be served. You don't really want to serve someone else. But you're just compelled, man. It's a nudge. Teenagers scare you to death. But you're being compelled to volunteer to serve in youth ministry. Those are the promptings of the Holy Spirit. They can be small things. They can be big things. God can prompt you, ask you to do a career change, a geographical change. God might be prompting you to take a silent retreat and you think you're just going to go out of your mind being silent for 48 hours. Spirit might be prompting that you just need to take a fast or just give up social media. You're like, what will I do with all my free time? Spirit might be nudging or prompting or shoving. Calling you out, just saying you need to apologize. You need to own up. You you need to ask forgiveness. And man, you're trying just to continue to explain why you were right and they were wrong. And there's no part of you that wants to listen to that nudge, that prompting of the Holy Spirit. Spirit might be prompting you to speak up whenever you just simply want to be quiet because being quiet on this issue is safe. It is comfortable. For some of us, the Spirit nudges us to bite our tongue whenever we want to react or respond or say something. It's those deohonuma moments in our life. More often than not, we just need to take on that Nike slogan and just do it. Just follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit to take those initial steps in trembling confidence. Come on, some of us, we are like so over-analytical. When those promptings come our way, we just sort of like explain them to death, right? We justify, we rationalize, we just like sort of put a halt to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We think, well, you know, well, what about this? What about that? Well, what will they say? What will they think? What if things go sideways? Come on, there's nothing wrong with thinking and praying something through. 
If you're getting a prompting, there is nothing wrong with thinking and praying it through, getting around some other people of faith that you respect that have been there, done that, and getting wise counsel. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But so often for the majority of us, we don't need more facts. We don't need more details. We need more faith. We need more obedience. And if you really want to experience divine direction in your life, you have to be prepared to be obedient and faithful and to take those steps in trembling confidence. But man, we want the details. We want all the next steps. Here's another way to say it. We want certainty from God. If I'm going to start building an ark, Tell me exactly how the rain's going to come to this dry land, right? How's this thing getting in water? If I'm going to take this step, I want to know how this person's going to respond when I call them. If I'm going to step out and I'm going to like uh, own it, apologize it, and ask for forgiveness, I want God you to just tell me it's going to be this beautiful reconciliation, restoration story, not just them spewing junk my way. We want certainty, but that's not the way that God operates. Let's continue on with Paul's story. And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. I mean, this is an emotional farewell. Guys, God's leading me. The Spirit's being clear. The wind's blowing this way. I'm compelled. I'm wrapped up. I'm bound. I need to go to Jerusalem. I have no clue what awaits me. And we would be like, Paul, what? Just wait. Paul, that is, that's not like a plan. That's not, a, that's not even a bad plan. It's just like not even a plan at all. You don't know why? You don't know what's in store for you? That's part of God's directional process, and this is tough for us. Uncertainty is the norm. If you don't believe me, just read your Bible from cover to cover. People following God's direction. Certainty was never the norm. And that doesn't mean that you have to like uncertainty or that Paul likes uncertainty, but what it does mean is whenever you receive that divine direction, it's not about all the details for the rest of your life. It's clarity of next steps and uncertainty about all that will follow after that. So if you get one of those Deo Numa things in your life and you're compelled, you're wrapped up, you're bound, and you know God's leading you, the Spirit's leading you in a certain direction, what's your plan for the next day? To just be obedient to God in that next step. Ten days from now, obedient to God in whatever that step is. Five years from now, obedient to God in whatever that step is. Come on, I, I want the next 100 steps clearly spelled out in detail with a timeline, with stats, with goals, with very nicely done bullet points underneath. I want that, right? I want that level of detail. I want that level of certainty. But that's not the way that God normally operates. If you want to receive divine direction. You need to be ready to be obedient in the midst of uncertainty. 
And I get it. I know that's tough. Know that's taking so many of us right outside of our comfort zone. But your obedience, your taking that first step in trembling confidence in the midst of uncertainty is how God grows you and strengthens you for the steps to come. Reality is this. If God gave us the next 10 years of steps and all the details in between, there would be so many things in there that would just scare us that we're not prepared for yet, that we're not strong enough for yet, that we've not developed enough faith and risk tolerance for yet, that we would just say no to God right now and we'd run in the other direction. So, so if you want certainty the way that I want certainty, here's some things of certainty. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. God will guide you step by step. But come on, don't miss this. If you're not living, if you're not living with some level of uncertainty in your life, on a fairly regular basis, you're not really living by faith, are you? You're just living by your own strength, your own wants, your own process, your own desires. It was about 12 years ago. Uh, I was serving, ministering up in Ephrata with Pastor Ryan's dad. Not even like halfway into my contract with that church. I was enjoying, we had got through some of the tougher things. I was enjoying where I was at in ministry and suddenly there was that prompting, that nudge, that being pulled, that being called, the God saying, you know, there's something new I have in store for you. And I was incredibly clear, God, I don't want to go. I'm not ready to go. Thank you, but no thank you. Perhaps the most rebellious I have ever been when I've come to a prompting of the Holy Spirit. And I wrestled with God. And if you've ever wrestled with God, you know what that is like because, man, you're being clear what you want, what I want, what I think. And God's not relenting. He's continuing to let me know what he wants, what he thinks. I'm finally, okay, okay, God, if you're looking for that openness, I'm open. I'm open, God. You want to take me elsewhere? I'm open, but I'm not looking at any job postings. I'm not applying. I'm not initiating any conversations, but I'm open, God. I'm just simply open. And I lived in a land of uncertainty, trying to be obedient to God, being open to God. You all know what happens in moments like that. God initiates. The bishop calls me up, says, hey, let's do breakfast. I'm like, sure, why not? Forgot all about this openness that I had. Bishop says, hey, there's two churches I'd like you to consider. Would you be willing to move? I'm like, no, don't really want to move. Um, but let's talk some more. And hey, I promised my girls that they'd get to finish high school here, so I'm only open to talking about anything where my girls don't have to move and go to a different high school. He's like, I got two churches for you where you don't have to move. I'm like, God wins, right? God wins. But it takes obedience in the midst of uncertainty. And if you think uncertainty is tough in the divine directional process, if you think uncertainty is the thing that holds so many of us back, it is this next piece that really just changes so many of us, changes course in our life, causes us to pause and say no to the Holy Spirit. Verse 23, 
Paul continues on and says, and now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except, I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Like, okay, once again, Paul, what? Paul, just, just, just wait. That is like a horrible, horrible plan. So Paul, you're saying you're compelled, you're bound, you're wrapped up. The spirit is leading you. The wind is blowing in the direction of Jerusalem and you're gonna follow that direction. You're gonna leave the land and the people that you love. You're gonna leave this fruitful ministry and you're gonna go that direction. And not only is there all this uncertainty because you don't know what awaits you, you don't know everything's to come your way. You don't have a clear picture But what you do have a clear picture on is pain, suffering, and imprisonment. Paul, once again, that is not a plan. Paul, that can't be God's plan. Because Paul, I mean, if this was really God's plan, everything would just go easy for you the way that everything went easy for Jesus. Wait. Stop. That's wrong, right? That's a lie. Jesus, things didn't go easy for him. But come on. If all you've ever been taught, if all all you've ever heard is a health and wealth and a prosperity gospel that doesn't line up at all with the actual gospel, this is so incredibly hard to hear. This is the truth and the promise. If you want to obey and serve Jesus and follow that divine directions, it's going to be at times very, very, very difficult. We have to understand. Have to understand if you're not ready to face adversity for your obedience to God, you might not be ready to be used by God. Let me say it again. If you don't think it's ever going to be difficult when you do something significant by faith, you're only kidding yourself. Virtually everything significant that we do that matters causes us to face opposition and adversity as we follow the promptings the divine direction of the Holy Spirit. So here's what else we know. In God's directional process, adversity is to be expected. Adversity. Man, if you're doing something great for God, if you're following God's promptings and the little things and the big things, opposition will happen. The enemy will attack. If you're never being attacked by the enemy, odds are you're doing nothing for God. You're just going your own way. You're just doing your own thing. The enemy could care less because it's perfect. Just go your own way. Go do your own thing. You start to follow God, things get quite, quite different. A few weeks ago, 
Pastor Don, Pastor Cindy, myself, we were spending a day in D.C., and we started out at this one church, Church of the Resurrection, and just got to hear the pastor and to hear his story. They're just barely a mile away from the capital, and the, and the vision, the mission, and what they are accomplishing is that they are reaching the staffers, the, the staff that serve on Capitol Hill. And he had a clear direction, prompting, compelled by the Spirit to start this church, to do this thing. But man, it has been adversity after adversity after adversity. No one would ordain him in his denomination. They're like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't seem like a good plan. We will not ordain you. He ended up needing to be ordained by the same denomination in a different country that he had never been to. They ordained him to be a missionary in the District of Columbia. Faithfully serving God year in, year out. Finally, they get to the place where they can purchase property. Hardly any churches left in the area. They buy a church building to use it as a church building. And the community is upset with them. Because all the other churches, when they have been bought, they've been turned into condos and commercial space and their property values have went up, up, and up and they've had another coffee shop or restaurant or whatever to go to. And now this church is just going to remain a church and their neighbors are ticked off at them, right? Adversity. If you're doing anything for God, adversity is to be expected. Adversity isn't a sign. Adversity isn't a sign that you are out of God's will. Adversity might be an indication that you are doing exactly what God wants you to do. But knowing that requires you to be brave. Here's the big problem that, man, so many of us face today. So many people, whenever the going gets tough, they think, well, God must not be in this. And I can muster up all my sarcasm to respond with these words. Do you ever even read your Bible, right? God's in the adversity. God's in the opposition. God's in the trial. Man, it is not easy when you are doing what God asks you to do, but is it purposeful? Is it fulfilling? Is it being on mission? Is it continuing to receive divine direction, those promptings of the Holy Spirit again and again and again? Let's wrap up. Let's go to the end of Paul's farewell speech. Let's continue on here in verse 24. He says this, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. But I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink. I didn't pause. I didn't step back. I didn't go in a different direction. I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. Paul's arrived at a place in his discipleship process where 
man, he gets Jesus as king, Jesus as Lord. And he is willing to sacrifice so much to follow the leading, the prompting, the direction, the compelling wind of the Holy Spirit wherever it leads him. So here's my question for you. Where is God asking you to be brave? Where is God asking you to step out in faith, to step out of your comfort zone, to risk faith in following his direction and in his guidance? You're going to face adversity. Things aren't always going to be easy. Man, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be pushback. There are going to be times where you feel so incredibly alone, so incredibly unequipped for what he's asking you to do. And time comes, and the prompting comes. Will you be obedient? Will you be faithful? Will you shrink back? Or will you continue to faithfully follow God whatever direction he's leading, not knowing where you're going to land, but knowing, man, that adventure, that ride with God, there's nothing else like it. May we be people who say yes to following the promptings of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you desire to continue to do a work in us and through us. To do that requires us to be brave. To follow the promptings, the direction, the wind, the breeze of the Holy Spirit, to be wrapped up in what you're calling us to do, man, it requires steps and trembling confidence. It takes obedience, it takes faithfulness. So may you find us faithful. May we make space in our lives to hear from you, to get that direction. May we make space in our schedules to be willing to zig and zag as we follow you, to follow your leading. And through it all, may you be glorified and may your kingdom be expanded. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org.